This is Robbie Herrera, and you're listening to the Fulham Focus Podcast. And welcome to the Fulham Focus Podcast. My name is J-Mac, recording live on All For One Day. All For One Day, where we won 4-1 against Juventus nine years ago in our historic comeback against the Italian Giants in the Europa League. Or if you're listening to this on Tuesday morning, then happy Chelsea Day, our 13th anniversary of our special 1-0 win against our liberal neighbours at the Cottage in 2006. What a time to be alive. Anyway, thanks to Robbie Herrera for opening the show. The popular left-back signed from QPR in 1993 and went on to make 180 appearances for the club. A real jewel in a struggling side at the start of the Fulham career, Robbie was a huge part of the 96-97 Mickey Adams promotion season before suffering a shoulder injury that ended his season at Torquay, for whom he eventually signed in 1998. Robbie will always be remembered for his iconic long curly black hair and tash as he bombed up and down the touchline as well as being the player that we all couldn't afford to buy until a mystery benefactor stepped in on deadline day to stump up the shortfall after there was a bucket collection on the terraces. Danny spoke to Robbie last year about his time at the club and you can read his Q&A on our website, fullandfocus.com. Robbie Herrera, we salute you. Right, I have a Welshman and a plumber with me. What could possibly go wrong? Let's go. Fulham. Just on a point of order. Yes. I've just seen it come come across on Twitter. Go on. You mentioned the whole Juventus thing. Yeah. Nine years ago, as of thirty seconds ago, Dempsey put it in. Really? As of thirty seconds ago. That's brilliant. Oh, that's really Excellent cool. Timing. But anyway, move on. Very nice, Reese. Very nice indeed. All right, guys. Reese, um, I saw your tweet. What kind of ice cream is that? I've never. I didn't really take you for a tri scoop man either. Well, it's a. Uh, first of all, thanks very much for having me on. It's a uh, Costco special. You can only get it at Costco if you are one of the elite people that's allowed it. It's a stracciatella. It's vanilla with little bit little bitty uh, chocolate chips inside. It's absolutely gorgeous, and they only let you have three scoops, so it's fantastic. Oh, lovely, lovely, and. John, the plumber. Sorry, I was pretty rude in calling the plumber and the Welshman. Now, just before I jazz it up a bit, how are you, John, mate? And what were your impressions of the game on Saturday or Sunday, rather? Uh, I'm all good, all good. Leaving my number at the end. Um, uh, I thought Saturday was a difficult game against, obviously, the the league leaders. But um, it, I, I was quite happy. I mean, we were in it right until the end, and um, you know, a kind of slightly debatable um, penalty. But uh, I think Rico Rico kind of threw that game away for us, to be honest. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of people will agree. Uh, Reese, I mean, do you agree with that as well? I mean, but generally there is a better vibe about our way we're playing at the moment. The Scott Parker effect seems to be working. We're getting better performances out of certainly Anguissa, who was the star of the show for a lot of people. And, you know, Fosu Mensa seemed all right. Anyway, give me your impressions, mate. There is, but hold on. I just want to. I just want to take back to what I think everyone had the same reaction when the line out came. Or everyone except me, when yeah. the line out first came out, and they sort of said, "Oh yes, this is exactly what we want." Yes, brilliant. Can I just? Callum Chambers was starting centre back. I think we worked out 
after the Cardiff game, the Callum Chambers cannot play centre-back. He's more of a defensive midfielder. It still contained Tim Ream, who I think everyone agrees wasn't, you know, isn't as good as he was last season. It still contained Angiza, who, yes, he was a yes, he did very well on the day, but even so, I'd still rather Kevin McDonald, and we'll get to Kevin McDonald later. And Floyd Aite, who seemed to have worked his way into the side with the Garth Crooks logic of if you scored, you're in the you're in the team of the week. So if you score, you must be in the team next week. Logic. I just can't understand where this happiness came from. At, at the team, it's the same bad team that we've been, and even the changes aren't exactly majorly positive changes. Sorry to bring everyone down, but, it, but, but yes, Park is slightly better, but we're still losing. I could be put in charge and we could be losing, what, three games? Now is it for Scott Parker? You know, John could be in charge and we'd be losing three games. J-Mac could be put in charge and maybe we'd be losing three games. So I don't want to... Are we really that much better? I don't I don't want to be asking the questions. That's your job, J-Mac, but are we really doing that much better? I thought we did look better. I thought defensively, I thought Tim Ream looked the best he'd looked in a long time. I thought Fosu Mensa was actually quite decent, uh, made some rash challenges here and there. I thought uh, Callum Chambers was all right. I thought Joe Bryan was excellent again. I mean, I'm not saying we're still losing, absolutely, but I would say that there is certainly, it feels like a gelling is starting to happen a little bit. Too little, too late, obviously. I mean, John, what do you think? Are we, are we all getting ahead of ourselves here? I think it was certainly some positives to take from this game, as Scott Parker alluded to in his press conference. I think, um, I mean, I think uh, Matthew hits on some points there, which which are accurate. I mean, to be honest, he's lost three out of three games, so you can't mm. look at this as anything other than kind of normal service resumed. But I mean, you got to look that that involved um, Chelsea and Leicester away and Liverpool. So the the, the caliber of sorry, it's not, we're not talking about Southampton here or um, lo- losing away to a team like that. So. I think the opponent does need to. It does need to. You know that needs to be put in context. Um, I, I think, I think Parker's kind of slightly putting players in the position that they should play. People aren't being played out of position, and you know, I mean, Chambers is as a defensive midfielder. When we've got someone like K. Mackin and Greaser on the bench, never really sat all that right with me. I mean, he did run his socks off. He 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 was good, but I mean, even in interviews, he was having. Um, he was saying, "Oh, I think playing defensive midfielder is going to help me in my role as a centre back." Like he, he, the whole time he thought he was a centre back. Um, he wasn't really, you know. And if he's kind of our man of the match on numerous occasions in a position that he doesn't see himself having a future in, then we've we've got issues. I think before I think you know we we have, which we we're trying to see any glimmer of light at the moment, and I think. Performances do look a bit more coherent, and um, we've got another tough game coming up. But um, you know, Park has not been given an easy hand, and I think, as you say, we're going to allude to some of um, McDonald's interview later. But he he's obviously feels that the mood in the camp is better, and I think that is slightly um, going to the fans. Hang on, is the mood and the mood in the camp thing? I'm sorry to interrupt, but the mood in the camp is this not similar to you know what everyone said about Oli Solskjaer and Tigo Mourinho? You know, anyone could. You know, lift the players because it's ran because it's not Ranieri, or is do you, or do you think there's something specific that Scott Parker's doing? 
I think it must be something that Scott Parker's doing, because as Ryan, Don, uh, Ryan Donovan alluded to in his uh, tweets, is saying there is a sort of Slavisio Kanovic tap being turned on and off in our play, which actually doesn't make us too vulnerable at the back. Um, I think with the staff that obviously Parker's got, not just Stuart Gray for sentiment, but obviously for his actual prowess of being a good defensive coach in the championship anyway, but also the hiring of someone of the uh, youth academy uh, coach from Spurs. There's obviously a very specific idea going on there. Lord knows what it is because I'm not a professional pundit. But I do think, I don't think it's just a sort of spirits raise that's going on personally, in my opinion. I I think what's worth, um, what what really confuses me is that Park has been at the club all season. So all these things that are going on. So was he just there as a token gesture? I mean, what on earth was he doing? Because... All of these ideas now, and all like surely he was saying to Slav and saying to Ranieri, like what, a, like th- try this, try that, try that. All of a sudden now he's implementing these these brilliant ideas, and he's been sat on his, you know, sat there silently the whole season. I don't know, or they were just ignoring him and didn't respect him enough to listen to his um to his opinion, which again seems a bit bizarre. Yeah, I mean, just maybe being a good middleman and just trying to keep his mouth shut so he could get the opportunity where he's at now. But then again. You know, if rumours are to be believed that it was him that brought back that amazing comeback at the Brighton game in the second half of the cottage, then he didn't just do nothing after all. But I mean, I, I see what you're saying, absolutely. Um, Reese. I mean, is there anything that can... I know you're saying we're still losing and you don't think there's actually much of an improvement, but you've got to notice that surely some of the players have improved in, um, in the last few games. Like, Joe Bryan looks like a completely different player. Florida Ite scoring. Cess uh, looked better when he came off the bench, a lot more confident. Cabano looked good when he came on. Um, everyone's hailing Anguissa's best game. I mean, you, you must see some sort of gelling occurring, now. There is there is some improvement and there is some gelling, but at what stage is this going is this going to turn into wins? I know he got given a, a got dealt a tough hand with the with the opening fixtures. I mm. get that. But even the same meant I talking about Riga, surely there should be a sort of mental stability in there as well that you know confidence throughout the squad that means Sergio Rico doesn't drop the ball. <laughs> and then try to rugby tackle Sadio Mane. If Scott Park is really all powerful and ev- everything in the squad is all hunky dory, then you know, then Sergio Rico has the confidence that he, that he doesn't he doesn't drop that ball. I could think I can think of a couple of others. Maybe I've no idea. I can't remember off the top of my head who the defender was right by Sadio Mane, but maybe he sticks a leg out and you know. Uh, does a decent tackle and rather than drag him down for a penalty. That sort of thing. Surely at some stage this should be working its way into into results. Cause at the moment it just seems all the same as you know that Tottenham game that we had. You know, mm. I can, yes, we played well, but it's got to turn into results eventually. So which is why we've said on the you know on the much wanted to be part of full and focused WhatsApp group, we've sort of set our own sort of targets about where we think Scott Parker should be or why how many points he needs to stay in the job. And if he doesn't meet that target, is he automatically out of the job sort of thing? I basically said, um, did I say 11 points? Uh, three wins and two draws out of that, you know, Newcastle, uh, Cardiff, Bournemouth. Uh, is there an Everton in there? There's an Everton in there on the 13th of April. And there's a Wolves away. So I think maybe reassess, I maybe say 10 points. Say ten points. No, points. twenty-five points. I said twenty-five points. Two wins in the draw because that's seven but, points. And then also we 
then also we beat QPR's dreadful record as well. So we don't come in the top five of the worst Premier League appearances um, for our club, exactly. apparently. Exactly. Which would be lovely. I want, yeah, I want to see something. I want some sort of points total. Yes, the, uh, the performances could be improved. But say he goes through his tenure without a single point, what really does he? What really does he have to show for himself? Yeah, but you also made a point just then of just saying, when are we going to turn these, you know, this gelling into results? There is a counteract to that. That just saying, actually, there is a. We almost got a point in this game. Obviously, they were all over us quite a majority of the match, but we defended well. The problem why we lost this game was Rico being a dick for about the third time in uh, in a row now. Uh, John, you were messaging on the WhatsApp group saying that he just couldn't catch a cold uh, anymore. I mean, Rico is seriously suffering from a huge amount of confidence issues, and I don't know what really we can say anymore other than the fact that, I mean, he's obviously a volleyball player. Yeah, it's very disappointing. I think when he came in, he got a couple of round-of-the-match performances, but he, he just... He instills me with no confidence at all. He, li- I mean, I think Salah was better with his hands than, than Rico in the game, to be honest. Um, <laughs> it ju- I, I got so frustrated. I mean, the defenders in front of him must have no idea what's going to happen. I think even a ball comes into our box and he could have come out and claimed it and didn't. I mean, he's not even our player. And Bet- with Bets being injured, I mean, I'm not against him just staying there. I, for me, the season's doomed and I don't even know if points points matter at all now um, right. with Parker. At first I thought, you know, he has to prove himself. But I'm now kind of of the thought that he, a lot of people coming out saying he was, you know, very highly rated at Spurs and he was tipped to become a manager. This guy he's got in likewise has been um, getting kind of rave reviews. So if we do employ someone else and then Parker turns into the brilliant manager, then we are going to kick ourselves a bit. So I'm not sure. But Rico, I, if, if I saw Fabry starting, I wouldn't, or after the international break, I wouldn't be at all disappointed, to be honest. He's our player, he deserves a chance. And um, Rico's authority, and ca- he cannot catch literally the guy. Like three or four of his saves, he's dropping it at the feet of the strikers. I mean, they all know they're in with a chance. Our defenders know they can't trust him to come and claim anything. I don't know what the loan rules are. You mentioned having Fabry in, you know, if you would be surprised if he came back to the other side of the international. I don't know what the loan rules are, but would it be worth getting Marek Rodak back from Rotherham, who, who yeah. every, every club he goes to, I, you know, when you often see people tweeting or maybe someone reports from another, from another team's message board sort of thing, I've never heard a bad word said against him. Saying, just grab him back. I mean, obviously, you you have to ask Rotherham's permission. They're in a bit of a relegation battle. They may not be happy with it, but I think it would be worth getting Marek Rodak back. Well, I've, I'm so glad you brought that up because you know you and I like the Youth Academy and we liked Stephen Humphrey, uh, Stephen Humphreys before he left. And I just wanted to give you. I thought you'd like this nugget of information. Uh, it was just retweeted by White Noise, and it's uh, the most saves in the Championship. You've got Tim Krull. This is number five. Uh, Tim Krull of 110. David Marshall of 114. Costel Pantamillion of 115. Sam Johnston with 121. Marek Rodak is top with 123 saves in the championship. Now, I'm not saying let's get Marek Rodak in now, but I'm saying there is definitely a potential shout for him being a strong contender for the championship next season, at least a good bench warmer anyway. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sergio Rico, I don't think, you know, we're on loan from Seville. I don't think he's going to be dropping out of the championship. 
at the moment, it really should be a three-way fight. We we have no idea when Marcus Bellinelli is going to be back. I know mm. he's out for the season, but no, no log-on effect. You know, he could be out till December, say. But I think when we start the season, Marek Rodak absolutely has to be in contention for the number one shirt. All right. And there's something else I want to bring up. Now, we've just been talking about, you know, I think these results, some results could have occurred already under Scott Parker if it wasn't for Rico's confidence issue. Now, I'm going to say another controversial thing, but something I think needs to be brought up because I don't think he gets enough stick at the moment is Alexander Mitrovic. I think he has fluffed so many chances now and he's starting to look a little bit disinterested. And that's what I'm hearing. He certainly did at the cottage on Sunday. John, what do you make of Mitrovic? I mean, I'm not saying he's, you know, he's... I think he's equally to his blame as all the other members of the team. I don't think, you know, the fact that he works his socks off for me isn't good enough. He's missing chances. But do you think there's he's got one foot out of the door already, potentially? Just an idea. Oh, I hope not. I mean, I don't, I don't think... That's. I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's the kind of character he is. He kind of okay. seems to want to fight for everything. Um, I mean, he's obviously not scoring heavily, and he, and there have there have been chances that, that he's missed. But I mean, every player misses chances. I think if you if you watch the game, he's he's just not involved. To be honest, we're we're um, kind of every now and again pinging long balls straight down the pitch at him. But I've noticed that they kind of they're too high, so he's trying to head them on, trying to do things like that. Whereas I think he's better when the ball's aimed in at his chest. He can actually control it, get it down by his feet, pass it back, and then bring the whole team up the pitch with him, um, which is what, what happened very effectively in the championship. Um, he he He's very isolated, and I think he needs... It's perfect for him when we have possession in their half and we can advance up the pitch and have the ball in and around their box. Um just where he can kind of just hold the player off for long enough to, to get on and go. At the moment, he's the only person they have to mark and there's no one near him. The ball's being pinged in straight his, above his head and um, he's trying to, to do too much, really. Um, for a player of his quality, if I was a manager, I'd be kind of asking them, how do you how do you want us to play? How do you want service? Because realistically, he's the only guy who's consistently scored us goals other than Schurler, who's um, forever ill. Um, and try and play to that. Obviously, it's not as easy in the Premier League as it was in the Championship, but um, we need to be looking to utilise him more. And I think that was, um, actually what frustrated me yesterday was in the last third, we weren't, especially in the first half. We, we really there was no ambition. We players players were scared to get to the byline and put a cross in. They kind of got to the last third and then kind of turned back and wanted someone else to do it. And actually passing back to the goalkeeper and that a few times. So. Um, I really do think we just need to get people in and around him, basically, and 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 play to his strengths rather than just using him as an outlet with nobody anywhere near him. Um, I think we've no, we've known this. You no, know, last year, going back to his time in Newcastle, we've always known that Alexander Mitrovic is a bit of a a confidence player. When things are going well, he plays well. But obviously, you know, as you said, he's not uh, fully to blame. Everyone needs to take some sort of responsibility for the position that we're in. But at the same time, how you know motivated can you be in the situation that we're in? If we were, you know, uh, what are we? I, no, I did twelve points off relegation. I don't. I haven't looked at the table for a long time. But if we were two points off relegation, say, and would maybe he have a little bit more fire, a bit more fire in his belly to play a little bit better? Maybe it's just the fact that we're so 
far off that yeah, J Mac you know, gave you know gives the phrase his his eyes are looking elsewhere. So I think I think there could be that that much to him that he's I don't want to say jacked in him because I don't want to disparage him too much, but it, it, the motivation to do well just isn't there just because he knows it, any effort he puts in is is a bit of a pointless effort. Yeah, all right. And I was just going to say quickly as well, uh, just man of the match seems to be, a lot of people seem to think that Angisa played a huge, huge part in this game, just for the fact of how improved he looks. And I'll just read what Scott Parker said really quickly. Um, he said, you look at any player in his position, you look at all the top teams, whether it's Fred at Man United or Fabinho at Liverpool, early on in the season, they're not playing too much because they're trying to get up to the pace of the Premier League. Frank just needed time to settle in, and I thought certainly today he was first class. He did really well. I was really pleased for him. Now, I just want to ask really quickly to you guys, do you think Anguissa could potentially stay, or do you think that he would be a force in the championship? And I'll just go to you quickly with this, Reese. Um, I think he'd be a, I think he'd be a force in the championship, absolutely. But it's it's a case of whether or not he he wants to say stay. He was obviously sold on the idea of Premier League football. I don't think hmm. he was quite sold on the idea of a Tuesday night in Rotherham. Um, so, but there is always the case. You know, you've looked at teams in the past who have kept the core of their team and kept their star players together. I love mainly the Newcastle teams. If we can keep some of those players, then yes, we absolutely look as if we're in a good position to challenge if we can keep the core of the team together. So I think he would dominate in the championship, but whether or not he wants to, different matter. All right. Okay. And John, quickly to you, um what do you think of Ryan Babel at the moment? He's uh you know, he's he's been all right, you know. I mean like, you know, he hasn't been the sort of draw signing, the sort of, you know, old legs that we thought he'd be. He's actually been one of our better January signings. Well, but certainly considering the season we're having at the moment. I didn't like how he didn't celebrate the goal either. I don't know how you feel about that, but I thought, you know, come on. I mean, not the fact that not only did he not celebrate, he sort of pushed his teammates away from even hugging him. I was like, come on, mate, come on. It's just like, it's, it's, it's been quite a long time. You can at least take a hug from your teammates scoring a goal against Liverpool. Uh, the celebrating thing didn't, didn't really... Um... Didn't really bother me, to be honest. I mean, you got to look at people like um, Adebayor and that when they kind of go to the other fans. Like that, that would annoy me if an ex-player did that. But um, oh, okay. if he chooses, <laughs> if he chooses to not celebrate, I um, you know, keep scoring and keep having that decision to make, and, and we'll all be happy. Um, I think, I think he, I like when he first came. I, I really liked him. I thought this is actually a really good signing. I think um, Tony Kong got a bit of stick because uh, it was like who he's he's not been in the. You know, he kind of just disappeared off the map when he left Liverpool, um, as far as I was concerned. Um, but uh, he's done well. I mean, actually, I think as well, the, the resurgence of Aite, um I think I said this on the, uh, the famed WhatsApp group, but um, we haven't really had kind of winger-wingers all season. As, as it, When I say that, I mean, you want kind of a pacey person who can beat a man and put a cross in. And I don't even know if Babel is exactly that, but... Um, like Ite kind of ticks that box, and even if you say, you know, Schurler, Sess, Sess has his qualities, but you know, some of those aren't them. And I think actually, the, the, just the balance of the team looks looks quite a lot better with with someone like Ite who really does tick the box of winger. You know, he really does fulfil that role quite well. And um, yeah, it's just a shame it's taken this long to kind of work that out. And obviously, you know, keeping a World Cup winner and Sess on the bench, but um, yeah, I think he, he's he's definitely worth a mention. 
yeah, and it's hopefully we'll see more progress from Florida Ite. It's actually quite nice to see an old squad player come back into his own a bit from last season. All right, then, guys. Um, just quickly, there's been a lot of talk about this, and I don't want to overdo it because you know the guys at Fulhamish are doing a very good job talking about it, and so is the, so a certain other political act- activists for our football club. I mean, I was watching match of the day afterwards, actually, um, and I just saw the amount of people standing up in the hammy end uh, for when they thought Liverpool were about to score. And that was actually the most telling thing for me because you can't actually see the amount of, like, you can't see the Liverpool shirts from match of the day. But the amount of people that were standing up, and they were clearly Liverpool fans. I mean, is this... There, there's there's two arguments to this. There's the guy, the shoulder of... The guy on my shoulder on the right says, it's Liverpool. They're one of the biggest clubs in the world. They do it every time they come to the college. It's fine. That's what actually NJG said. Or there's the other one that says, this is an absolute outrage. We need to stop this completely. It's a complete insult to the people that can't pay and can't afford our tickets. And I would just be interested to know, Reese, really quickly, what your opinion on this is, because it would be very silly of us not to at least talk about it for a few seconds. Um, I've always maintained that segregation should really be gotten rid of in football. Personally, I the the sense of tribalism has just gone too far. I've said I said it on Twitter today, so I'll repeat it here just in case anybody has missed it. That so long as you're well behaved, you don't really draw attention to yourself as an opposition fan. Um, you respect both teams, so on and so forth. I have zero issue with Liverpool fans in the home end. As I've said, I've brought Man United, Newcastle, Spurs, Wolves, Newcastle, many a friend to the game who have sat in the sat in the hammy end and sat on their hands, um, as most of the Riverside do stand do. But anyway, um, no, I, I really don't have an issue with it. So long as so long as they behave themselves, I've got I've got no problem with it. All right, and for you, John, I'm sort of on the fence on this because I completely agree with Reese. I, I mean, I wish sometimes you know. Games of football could be like games of rugby. I know that sounds disgusting, what I just said, but I mean, I like the idea that, you know, you can actually sit with someone who's you know, the opposing fan. Well, you can bring your mate, at least, who's an opposing uh, fan of the team that's playing. Do you know what I mean? But I just sometimes think at the same time, it's it just it just stinks a bit rotten, doesn't it? It, it does. I mean, there's, I'm not against what Reece said or, or that opinion to be honest but I think that the, the difficulty comes with it's a home game you want the home fans to have an advantage they therefore have more numbers there's a limited away allocation so um, you know if you said alright we'll have segre- we'll ha- we won't have segregation then well two thirds of the cottage could be, could be Liverpool fans and um, mm. that that gives away your home advantage somewhat um, but if they, I mean, I've been to away games in in in, in the in the uh, home end, and I I did. But I think really, as Rhys says, if, if they behave, but um, if you're going to start standing up and celebrating goals when you sh- you you shouldn't be there, the rules are you shouldn't be there. It's just kind of goading the fans around you, and as as we have got segregation, and they are taking up tickets that should have gone to a Fulham fan, the club will have to look um slightly closer at you know history and various things like that. But it you know. It is going to happen. I think um, people have been kind of slagging off the, the, the stewards and saying kick them out and all that, which, I mean, in essence, that's what they're being paid to do, but they're not being paid, paid very much to do it. And uh, I don't think they've, they've probably got the best training. So it's a bit hard to criticise. You really want to get stop the tickets from getting into their hands in the first place than, you know, kicking people out during the game, I think. Yeah, yeah, very good. And I would just say also, actually, um, I'll just quickly mention the... Uh... 
Fulham Supporters Trust survey. Um, if you haven't yet done the Fulham Supporters Trust survey, where you can have your say about ticket prices, amongst other things, you have until 7pm on Wednesday, the 20th of March to complete it. So only a couple of days. Over 2,000 people have completed it so far. And so get it done once you finish this, if you're listening to this and you haven't done it yet, because it, it could help us. It could help the club. And another thing I'll quickly say as well about the Liverpool fans, which actually quite touched me, and Matt Beclair told me about this as well, was um, the passing of a Fulham colleague, Zara Harrison. Uh, when it was announced, of her passing, you know, the, the Liverpool fans sang uh, You'll Never Walk Alone in her honour, which I thought was a really nice touch from them. So that's, that's really nice. Anyway, um, I just want to bring on to a final topic with you guys really quickly before we give a Scott Parker rating. Um, this, the Riverside stand was confirmed almost today by the club with a little job advertisement going on. Uh, Reese, does this? What do you think? Does this mean this is actually finally happening, or are you not going to believe it until there are spades in the ground? Yeah, I'm. I'm sort of on your mind. So once I once I actually see men in hard hats and Shahid Khan sort of with a, a high vis jacket over his over his very, very expensive suit, then I won't believe it. I will just say, if anyone is listening from the club, two things. A, a Wi-Fi hub so that we can actually get some de- a decent signal in the <laughs> ground. And two, I know John will like this because he's a, uh, he's uh, leans that way, so to speak, solar panels for the summer months. Solar panels. Just, he, just <laughs> help, help the club's bill come down. Yeah, it's not a bad idea at all. And actually, I was going to say, go on, John, go on. <laughs> I see you, John. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure I was going to fit 50 gas boilers for them, but that would, um, that would line my pocket quite nicely. <laughs> oh, man, I tell you, I think, um, actually, you know what? I was going to ask you this question as well really quickly. If they were to rename uh, the stand after uh, Fulham Hero, who would you like it to be? And I'll quickly go to you, Reese, with that one. Um, I would want it to be Mohamed Al-Fayed, but I maintain something like this they'd put to the fans, and in that case, it will be Jimmy Hill. John, who would you like to see if there was a potential name for the new stand? Um, I think the two that you've mentioned there probably go to the top of the list. Um, Obviously, Jimmy Hill helped us stay at this ground, so he deserves it, but um, I I quite like the idea of uh, naming it after Mohamed Al-Fayed as... uh, you know, he had plans and he had his own stand designed and planning permission approved. And then the new owners come in and thrown it all in the bin to then name this stand he had nothing to do with after him would be quite, quite amusing, in my opinion. If I'm, be, if I'm being brutally honest, though, I just want to see our fire back at the cottage again. That's all I really want. Because I'm trying to think, when was the last time he'd have been there? It would have been like 2013 when Khan took over. I don't, has he been to the cottage? Since then, someone will have to. Has, will I, can anyone confirm this? I don't think I've seen him there since he wore the fake moustache standing next to Shahid Khan, actually, myself. No. Uh, no, no, I don't I, think he has. I don't want to speculate. I mean, he's getting old a bit. I mean, can he? At least to you know, put on public appearances, at the very least. I feel bad for Mohamed Al Fayed. He was so important to me growing up. I loved him waving, waving the scarf before every single home game. It was brilliant to see. But now he's just gone, nowhere, nowhere to be found. It's somewhat sad. So that's what—that's why I want it. In, that's why I want the Mohamed Al Fayed sad, just so I could see him back and make sure that he is still everything's all kosher with him. Ah, uh, nice. Well, he's probably living in denial somewhere about his favorite pop star. To be honest, after a certain documentary just came out, but uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It would be nice to see him back. It would certainly nice be nice to see him back. Uh, John, do you want anything to add on that, Nick? Yeah, I think. Um, I think you know it's. 
it's all been up in the air a bit as whether this is ever going to happen. And I think the, the Khans have done some kind of delaying and stalling tactics, ideally till we got promoted. And obviously that's gone disastrously. They, they, they've got nowhere to run now. Either they they do it now or, you know, they have to admit that they've kind of been pulling us along. But I think this is re- this could be really, really important for um, the Khans. And actually what, what um, Matthew was saying there, kind of his affection for um, Mohamed Al-Fayed, hopefully with this stand built, we can start um, and this season put well and truly behind us. We can hopefully try and kind of the new the new owners can start to be looked at in the same light because I do think there is a divide at the moment that um you know it's not it's not it's not nice to have that kind of toxic environment at the club so fingers crossed this is the the start of of a beautiful relationship. Yeah, well said, mate. I completely agree. New stand and a new director of football that would be that would be a wonderful healing process with the cards right now. All right, guys. Well, that's lovely. After this, we are going to play the quiz. Fulham. All right, guys, now it's time for the quiz. Uh, we can't work out the points totals this week because the first round is impossible to determine at this stage, so I will explain it to you now. Round one is quick-fire questions. Now, you each have 60 seconds, which I will have a timer. 60 seconds to answer as many questions as possible. Each correct question is worth one point. However, you can't move on to the next question until you've successfully answered the current question being asked. So for instance, if I ask for three things in question one, for example, name three Fulham players, you will only receive a point if you successfully name three. Not two, not one, but three. So there are no half points. If I've already started a question when the time is up, I will let you answer it, okay? I have a ukulele today and it's gonna be magical. All right, so who would like to go first? Actually, I'm gonna decide this. I'm gonna let John go first. So, question one, John, and I'm going to start the timer now for 60 seconds. All right, question one for John. Name three Dutch players. I will also say that this quiz is completely centered around the international break. Name three Dutch players that have played for Fulham in the Premier League. And your time starts now. Um, Van der Sar, Ball, and Heitinger. Very good. Okay, next question. Name three strikers who have scored more than 10 Premier League goals. Uh, Andy Johnson, Bobby Zamora and uh, um, Kamara. The old one. Yes, the old one. Exactly. Very good. All right, question three. Name three clubs Fulham have played in Europa League qualification rounds. Um, Perm, Juventus, and um, oh, Hamburg. Well, that's qualification. Does that count? Qualification? No, sorry. You need. Oh. You've got one. You've got one. You've got Perm, but you need two Sof- more. Sophia, Basel. Um, no. No, no. I think this is going to go very well. Um, Time's up. Unfortunately, you heard the ukulele. You are out of there. You have got I'm two points. Vetra, Crusaders, NSI, Runyevic, Hadjuk Split. <laughs> you know what? Danny said that you were going to be good at this round, uh, Reese. So let's, um, let's, let's put it to the test. All right, let's see. So, okay, next question. So, Reese, we're going to start the timer now. And I will, well, I'll name the question first, then we'll start the timer. All right. All right, Reese, your first question. And I will start the timer after the first question. Question one. Name three clubs Scott Parker has paid for, played for, and your time starts now. Charlton, Chelsea, Newcastle. 
Very good. Next question. Name three players who have scored more than one penalty in the Premier League for Fulham. Ida Helgerson, Danny Murphy, Dimitar Berbatov. Very good. Next question. Name three teams Fulham have beaten this season. Uh, Burnley, <laughs> Huddersfield, Yeovil, Exeter. Premier League teams. Oh, uh, Burnley, Brighton, Huddersfield. And as a point. All right, next question. Name two players who have been sent off more than once in the Premier League era. Um, oof. Cracky Zat Knight. Yes. Uh, Sylvain Leguinsky, Lee Clark. Nope. Diop, nope. Andy Cole, Lewis Boamorte. Yes. Very good. Very good. And final question. No, unfortunately, you're No, you said final you question. You said final question. Oh, Okay. You give me, okay. you give right. me that one. Fine. Give me that Fine. One. I'll give you the question. Fine. Okay. 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 Question eleven. Name three players who have played for both Fulham and Chelsea in the Premier League. And I'm going to give you. David Duff, Scott Parker. Go. David Duff, Scott Parker, and in the Premier League. Slavisa Kanovic. No, he's manager. Bugger. Oh, it's being said. Wayne Bridge. Right. Uh, Wayne Bridge is on the list, and I'm going to cancel you out. Sorry. Oh no, he is on the list. Well done. Excellent. Of so that is a on the list. Point. No, he is on the list. I'm so sorry. All right. So Reese, well done. You got a cracking four points out of that round, and John got two. Excellent. Okay, round two, back and forth. You have five guesses each. Name any player that has featured in the first team this season in either the league or the cups that hasn't. I repeat, that hasn't been capped by their country at senior level and i will go to you first mr reese i'll go with the obvious one and that's marcus bettinelli marcus bettinelli is on the list excellent and for you mr john um does that count is he still our player are you saying no um kamara aka um Abubaka. he bloody does he has not been capped for france that is a point for you and Reese, next. Um, I'll go for your BFF, Joe Bryan. Joe Bryan is absolutely on the list. Well done. And for you, John, next. Oh, I'm going to struggle with this. Um, Dennis Adoy. Dennis Adoy is not on the list. Sorry. All right. And for you, Mr. Reese. Uh. I can't, Im- I can't imagine Fabry would have got many games for Spain. So I'm going to go Fabry. Fabry is on the list. Well done. That is a point. And for you, John? Rico? Sergio Rico calling Sergio Rico. Is calling Sergio Rico. Sergio Rico is not on the list, I'm afraid. And for you, Mr. Reese? Oh, who's left? I will go for Cameron Chambers. Uh, I don't think, <laughs> I I don't pull, think he ever got off the bench. I'll go for Alfie Mawson. Alfie Mawson is completely 100% on the list. Very good. All right, John, your your guess. Oh, dearie me. Um, 
Pick a player who's out on loan. World player who's out on loan. He's their captain. Back and forth, man. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I can't think of any. I can't think of any. I know all the ones I'm thinking of. I know have played for their country. Um, Christy definitely has meant. God. to cut this time out, Don. Um, I am absolutely <laughs> stumped. Absolutely stumped. Um, Any name? All right. Um, <laughs> oh, God damn it! I'm completely blank. I'm just going to say someone that I know has because <laughs> just to get rid of time. Um, do do do. Um, Frank. Frank, and Gisa. In yes, the one who's played loads of times for his country. Yeah. Unfortunately, Frank is not on the list. All right, Reese, last guess from you, sir, for the back and forth. Name a name. I, I've had a screaming. I don't know how it took me so long. Ryan Sessignon. Ryan Sessignon. Ryan Sessignon. Ryan Sessignon is correct. Ryan Sessignon has not been capped by his country at senior level. So, Reese, you got a whopping five out of five for that round. Well done, sir. <laughs> All right, and John, okay. I'm going to bring, bring the banjo up. <laughs> Go on. What is it? Give me a guess. No, it's downstairs. I'm not going to get the banjo out. Don't worry. Fine. Next week. Next year. Next year. But you've still got another guess, mate. Alfie Morrison. Oh, I've got, another, I've got another guess. Oh dear. Um, another it's... guess. <sighs> I literally don't want another guess. Um, if you want, you can just bail, and I'll just give you a. I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna. I'm just. I'm, just, I'm rather than embarrass myself. I, I, I mean, you, yeah, he's gone. Yeah, bail. Okay, bail. Gareth. Gareth Bale. Gareth Bale is not on the list, I'm afraid. I am so sorry. So I will explain to you who you could have had. You could have had. You could have also had Maxime Lamarchand for France. You could have had Rui Font. For Portugal, you could have Luciano Vieto for Argentina. You could have had Steven Sessegnon. He hasn't been capped, um, although he played twice. A se- he played twice this season in the League Cup for Fulham. You couldn't have. You could have had Harvey Elliott. He's never been capped, and you could have had Matt O'Reilly. He's never been capped either. So there you go. There you go. But anyway, right. Okay, so that is the round round two done. So Reese, you are currently on a whopping eight points, and John, you are on a whopping. Three points. So it's 8-3, but there's all to play for because it's now guess the player. I'm going to list 10 facts. You know how this works. And fact one or two are five points. Fact three or four are four points, etc., etc. And I will start with fact number one. Fingers at your buzzers, lads, or whatever you want to do. Okay. Fact number one. This player is six foot one tall. Fact number two. He was capped 67 times by his country. Don, you got to guess now. you got to take a step. Brian McBride. Brian McBride. I'm freezing you at Brian McBride. That could be a five points for you, so you could... Oh, you could draw. I know hey, what, what would happen. One and 67 caps. I think he may have got this. I think he Maybe. May Let's this. see. My Joe. All right. Fact number three. This might put the cats amongst the pigeons now. He was signed by Chris Coleman in a January transfer window. Thank you. I think he may have got it. <laughs> Fat number four. He made 63 appearances for Fulham in all competitions, 
all of which were starts. Oh, no. Oh, that can't be him then. I don't think he did. Mm. Yeah, McBride made more appearances than that. So, fact number five, he has played for Copenhagen, Hearts, Rangers, and Southampton. Crikey. Okay. Oh, go on. I got it. Okay. It's Scotland's greatest ever goalkeeper, Antti Niemi. All right, and I will keep going. I'm going to freeze you there. All right, and fact number six, he has never scored any goals. Fact number seven, he retired in 2008 after leaving Fulham and became a coach at Portsmouth. Fact number eight, he suffered a freak neck injury where he landed where he landed headfirst after toppling over his teammate Carlos Bocanegra. Fact number nine, his player has never played for Scotland, although he probably should have. Fact number ten, he was a Finnish goalkeeper and take a bow, anti Niemi. Excellent. There you go, Mr. Reese. So that is yours. You get the extra three points there. You did say anti Niemi, didn't you? I did. Tell you what, John did have me sweating with that guess, though. Yeah, I was. I don't think we've ever had a draw on the quiz before either, so I wouldn't know how that would have gone. I would have had to do a sudden death. All right, so with the extra three points there, Reese, you have got a total of 12 points. 12 points to John's three. Congratulations, Mr. Reese. And as for a treat for yourself, we are going to be giving you a book, and it's How to pull a sickie. And I found this book, actually, straight from Andre Scherler's locker. So enjoy the book, have a good read, and well done, sir. Well done, indeed. Comedy. Comedy gold. Comedy gold. All right, let's... After this, we will have some questions, and then we will get back to you. Fulham. And welcome back. Right, now we're going to have some quick-fire questions, and we will talk also a little bit about KMAC. All right, so question number one, and this is from Richard Bamber. This is off the Twitter feed. What is this virus that Andre Schurler has? Um, any ideas from you, Mr. Reese? Um, no, I don't. Th- I honestly don't think it's a. I don't think it's a real virus. Personally, mm. I think it, I think that just could, could just be code for I can't be bothered to turn up. I, th- I, th- yeah. I think we can all. I think we can all relate to that. I think we've all pulled sickies at work when we're not meant to. But Andre Schurler just seems to have dragged it out for a couple of months. I mean, do you reckon he's potentially a bit of a bad egg in the dressing room, John? Or is it just a case of, look, we're down. We don't need you anymore. We're not going to play you. Or maybe he is actually ill. I don't know. Um, I'm always a bit sceptical when players are injured, supposedly, um, when they're kind of out of favour. It's convenient that you don't have to answer any questions on them. Oh, he's, he's ill, this, that, the other. And I think we're going to touch on that in um, talking about K-Mac. There yeah. was a rumour. There was a rumour that a little while ago, actually, um, that he will never play for us again. And uh, the virus kind of... Virus um, don't last that long, I don't think. But, um, I mean, I don't see too many fans ripping up their season tickets because they don't have the pleasure to watch him play. So, um, you know, if he is ill, hopefully he's getting better soon. If not, <laughs> then, um, yeah, he might as well stop paying his wages. Yeah. Might be a bit of a long shot, though, if you forgive the pun. All right, and Reese, next question for you. I understand, this is the next question, this is from James Peters. I understand the argument that he's only 18, but what are your guys' take with Cess regarding his Premier League performance this season? Now, we've talked about this a bit already, but just generally your quick thoughts on that. Um, I, don't know whether, I don't know whether or not we basically got, we're basically guilty of overhyping Cess too much off, off last year. 
well, the previous two seasons. Um, I, I honestly can't you know, put my finger on it. Why has this player who flourished in the championship? So, I mean, you can put this down to a lot of players. Why this player that flourished so well in the championship last season hasn't really been doing all that much in the Premier League this year. You know, maybe he's got Jason Kumas syndrome. He will always be very good for the championship, not good enough for the Premier League. Or a David Nugent uh, syndrome for more money. This is Jordan Road. The list goes on. I just, I can't put my finger on it. It, it just doesn't make sense. So I don't think I'm going to hurt. My, I'm going to hurt myself sort of overthinking it. Yeah, fair enough. And John, I'll just quickly go to you with this. Do you think Cess would benefit? I'm just doing a sub-question here that Cess would benefit with us in the championship for another season. Get back to scoring lots of goals because I'm seeing in the rumour mill every morning and the, the papers round up on the Sky Sports app of just Cess is attracting attention from PSG, Man United, Spurs, the usual mob. And I'd just be interested to know your thoughts on that quickly. Yeah, I mean, this was overhyped, not actually by us, but I think by the media last season. I, I mean... Watching him week in and week out, he he wasn't the kind of player to dominate games. He would have very important moments in games um, that would define it. And actually, I thought near the end of this season in the playoffs, he, he was involved or scored all of our goals. He really started to to become more influential. And actually, at the beginning of this season, I, I saw him kind of develop quite quickly. And I thought, you know, things were going in the right direction. I think he's had a bit of a confidence knock recently, being left out of the team a bit. And... Uh, I, I can't see any top, top team starting him next year. Yeah. And this is another question, the final question uh, from J.E. Harknessel. Who do you think will stay in the Premier League next season if we are relegated? That's who do you think will stay? So we've talked about potentially Anguissa staying in the Championship and potentially maybe Seth staying in the Championship. But who do you think will stay in the Premier League? And Reese, we'll keep this really quick. Just name me two or three players that you think will definitely stay. Uh, Mitrovic... Definitely. Um, a few weeks ago, you could have said Sergio Rico, but that that uh, ship seems to have sailed. Um, other than that, I don't think anyone's really shown that. Oh, Tom Kearney, he'll he's always been attracting attention. So I'll say Mitrovic, Ke- Mitrovic and Kearney, absolutes. Everyone else, 50-50. I agree with you on the Kearney thing, but John, what do you think about Kearney going staying in the Premier League? I mean, he's already made some comments in Sky Sports saying you know, that we're as good as down now and it's unlikely we're going to stay up. But he seems almost quite... He was speaking to me in a way of a, of a player that is likely to stay with us, but maybe I'm being naive on that. What are your thoughts? I agree with Reese. I think Mitchell is the only one who I think stay in the Premier League. I think I think there are players that will leave to foreign leagues. I mean, like, for me, Seri, who is a quality player, um, will, will almost certainly go. But I don't think he's a team in the Premier League. He's obviously not... You know, he's not been all that consistent, but I don't call it there. Um, Kearney, he was so important for us. I mean, with his injury problems and not being stunning, he's not scored this season, I don't think. And um, no. with, with kind of prolonged injuries, which have been difficult to, you know, actually work out what's going on. You know, I don't think he will be attracting as much attention as, you know, last season he did. So... Whilst there will be departures, I think we can kind of say bye to Seri, Seri Mitro. Um, hopefully, like even with Morrison, who was highly rated, he, he's been out on his knee for so long that, and he recovered. We bought him after he had, he had he'd had surgery or something else. So I can't see any, there being that many takers, to be honest. Yeah, fair enough. And look, we'll find it. We'll we'll see this all off finally. Uh, we're talking about my my brother from another mother, which is K Mac. Now, who? here 
you've obviously guys read the program of the notes of what he was saying, and it almost read a bit, it was quite close to home. It didn't seem like something that I, I imagine that FFC would have put out in one of their programs. It was almost like reading something from a biography that should have been released maybe about five or 10 years later. Uh, Reese, what were your thoughts on it? And obviously, I mean, to give people some background, if they haven't read it, it's basically K-Mac explaining how Ranieri came up to him and said, you're not my type of player spent so long not using him and then just threw him in in the Saints game last minute and just said how Ranieri just wasn't gelling or working with any of the players at all. Uh, Reese, your thoughts, mate? Yeah, I think that's going to be the sort of, the sort of main talking point that comes out of it is you know, the, the admission from K-Mac that basically yeah, how weird it was we sort of discussed it. But I really want to touch on, I think it was towards the latter stages of the, it was towards the latter stages of the interview. Let me just get it up here. Um, should have done this further. There we go. It's um, it's uh, this paragraph here. As well as his ability on the pitch, McDonald's vocal influence was was missed during his exile from the team. The summer signing from Warby yada 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 is the man the players listen to in the final seconds before kickoff when the squad gather for a pre-match huddle. That to me says you know confirms what many of us have been saying for the past year. Um, yeah, well, not to March time, maybe, yeah, about for the past year, that Kevin McDonald really should be our captain and Tom Kearney, fine player he is, doesn't seem to be the sort of rah-rah motivator that you'd want a captain to be. That should be Kevin McDonald. We have the iconic, not iconic, big exaggerate, but the, the image from the uh, dressing room after the, after the playoff final, where it's Kevin McDonald giving the speech. You know, that just, that's the one, that's my main takeaway from this is that just confirms what should have been all along is that Kevin McDonald should have been our captain from from the outset. Yeah, I mean, I think we were saying that last season. We were definitely saying that in the championship as well, I think. What what strikes me is, you know, how Ranieri didn't play him, which, you know, he didn't start last week. Um, so Parker's not playing him every week. But um, influentially is with him doing the... the the talk at the huddle you know he's clearly a leader in the group and to be happy for him to leave in January when we're doing so badly even if he wasn't going to play him just just as you know that character then um seems stupid um for want of a better word um the thing the bits that interest me one thing that really annoys me is he says he was fit but he but they kept saying he was injured to kind of um as we were saying like with Shirley you know to to avoid an awkward conversation as to why he's not being picked. And that just drives me nuts. If, if they, if, you know, if your club can't be honest with you, then they're lying to you basically. So that, that's frustrating. Um, something near the end where he's saying, you know, um, Ranieri, not near the end, but he was saying Ranieri was trying to make us play a style of football that we didn't have the players for. And the one player was just playing the ball over the back and getting behind them. The only player who could do that was um, Kamara. And obviously, he fell out with Kamara after he was rather petulant on the pitch. So, um, <laughs> that scuppered his his plans there. And the final point is kind of talking about Parker, just saying how, you know, he's, he's got the boys together. It feels better. Um, I mean, you've got to think, McDonald being a leader and having played for quite a few clubs, you know, and being about for a long, long time, if, if he's impressed and he thinks that Parker is is astute tactically and all that, then I would I would value his opinion quite honest. Yeah, and you know, just to add to that, John, I'll say that I'm Team Parker all the way, and I think it's you're right. If McDonald is saying all these things, our club captain and even Kearney, who is our team captain, there is 
there is a good vibe going on. And I hope we'll actually start seeing this these good performances turn into actual wins like Reese was alluding to at the beginning. And we've come full circle. So we're out of time, guys. Uh, thank you very much to my co-host. Thank you very much for listening at home, whatever day you're listening to it. Um, if you like us, tell your friends about us, subscribe to us, also follow us on Spotify. And also we'd like to say happy birthday to Danny Murphy. But most importantly, we'd also like to say happy birthday to, this is a real important one, our colleague Morgan, who does the show very frequently. So happy birthday, Morgan. And thank you very much to my co-host once again. And we will see you very soon. We'll have a pod during the international break and previewing Man City. God help us all. All right. Speak to you. Fulham.